when your purpose and your why outweigh your excuses, that's when you make a change. And that's when my life changed instantly. And that's when it started getting really cool. You have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. Discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Brought to you by your host, Dorothy Ilson. Hey everyone, my name is Dorothy. I'm your host, and this is episode 26 of the Do Well and Do Good podcast. My guest today is Randy Molland. Randy is a real estate investor from British Columbia, Canada, who is on a mission to help 1 million people get financially educated and inspired to invest in real estate. I first met Randy at the Thrive Conference in September. That conference is all about how to create for-purpose businesses that have giving back built directly into their model. Randy was actually invited on stage to be celebrated as an entrepreneur who had been to the conference for the first time last year and had successfully transformed his business to be for-purpose. What Randy and his business partner did was they took their free monthly meetup, began charging for it instead, and used 100% of those profits to support Kids Sport Victoria. That organization gives kids from low-income families the opportunity to participate in organized sports. I loved this conversation with Randy and learned a ton about why investing in real estate is such a great path forward to help you live a more fulfilled life. I also talked to Randy about why they transformed this meetup into the for-purpose element of their business and what kind of impact that's had on them, as well as on these kids that they've been able to help. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, here's Randy. Randy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Dorothy. I think this is going to be really awesome. I do too. Well, let's dive straight into your story. So how did you first become a real estate investor and really get to where you are today? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So growing up, I grew up in a low-income family, always wanting to set goals that achieve stuff. And one of them was to buy a house by the age of 24. And I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have completed that goal. Just, it was just after my 24th birthday, I bought my first house. And the guy who taught me everything in the industry, I'm part of, I'm an electrician by trade, he mentored me for about five years. He actually bought a house two weeks after me in the same neighborhood. And so we we're both excited, going well. And then two weeks after that, he actually got injured in a job site accident and didn't make it through the accident. And so I was 24 years old at the peak of my life and just bought a house. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden, my world got turned upside down. And so I was very fortunate to get a good counselor and the counselor ended up turning more into a life coach for me. When I went into the, to the counseling sessions, I told him, I was like, Hey man, I don't want to be bummed out about this. I want to look at this in a positive light. Like how can I channel all the energy that's going through me and create something impactful from it? And so he said, well, what's the coolest thing you've done in the past like few months? And I was like, Oh, I just bought a house. He's like, cool. Now you're going to go study and find a way to go buy another house with other people's money. I had no money. I was 24. I just spent it all. And so I went home and I just locked myself in a room. And instead of sitting in bed saying like, woe is me and crying, I said, hey, I'm going to go find a way to go buy real estate and change my life forever. What was that decision point like for you to actually go get that counselor? Was that something that you, know, you were able to easily decide or did you kind of have to pull yourself out of a, 
a darker place to to even get in that door. Yeah. So goes back even further to when I was three years old and I lost my younger brother to a sudden infant death. And my parents took that situation and really turned it into a positive for the rest of my life. So they looked at it and although it was very unfortunate for the loss of my brother, my parents started pouring love into me and my older brother and basically told us our entire life like, oh, it's unfortunate that we lost your brother, but now look at the love we're able to share for you guys. And my dad actually left a, his own self-employed company that he was building out was going to be successful in. He left it on the spot to get a Monday to Friday, nine to five, and absolutely just loved me and my brother to no end. He was at every soccer game, every practice. He was the guy running up and down the line, screaming and coaching and cheering, just being there and loving on his kids. So I saw that growing up. And so when I lost my best friend, I instantly just called my mom and said, mom, this is the situation I'm in. And she said, Randy, if you get a good counselor, which I knew was good because I'd been through so much already at a young age that I found probably one of the best counselors I could. I talked to a few different ones and this guy just clicked with me. And like I said, he wasn't even so much of a counselor. He was more of a life coach, really just walking me through how to channel the energy and the emotion inside of me to be positive and go make a bigger impact instead of that classic, like, how do you feel? He was saying, how can we improve your life? What can we do with you? How can we channel everything that you've learned, everything you've done from being 24 to buying a house and looking to buy me and my buddy that passed away. We were in talks to go buy our company a few weeks later. Like everything was so perfect. And then he took all that energy and pushed it further into creating something bigger. Wow. So was real estate, like actually investing in real estate, something that was always on your mind? Or was that a new idea when your counselor said, you know, why don't you go buy a second house? It was a brand new idea. I was like, I was just in a world of like, I can't buy another house, man. I have no money. I have no nothing. And so when I came home, I actually just Googled how to make money in real estate. And I found real estate investing. And uh, I found some websites and some books and just blogs and just started reading and studying. And then found that, you know, obviously the most successful people in the world have made a lot of their wealth through real estate. And then I started really understanding what real estate was capable of doing for people and how it could build a retirement life, how it could change people's lives. And then that's what really created our mission of wanting to help 1 million people was my best friend was 42 years old when he passed away and was at the peak of his life buying his house and the happiest I'd ever seen him and it was gone. So then I thought, why is everybody else living life at you know, however old they are and not being 100% satisfied or happy with where they're at and knowing retirement's coming and knowing that they're just not going to have the means to make their life better. And I thought, if you own equity in your homes, if you own your house, why aren't we using the money inside your house or using that equity to start building a retirement fund when it doesn't change your life at all? All you have to do is just start using the money you already have in your home and using that into buying more real estate to start creating a more fulfilled life and actually building your own retirement instead of trusting what the government's leaving for you. Mm -hmm. So what does fulfillment actually mean to you? So this is something that for me, I'll use the word potential. And that was something that I, um, I'm actually gonna use Ed Milet's statement here that we heard at Thrive. And I've heard him say it a few times. Like when you get up to the gates of heaven or whatever your beliefs are, and God looks at you and says, hey, this is my vision for you of what I wanted you to complete in the time that you were down on earth. And you look back on yourself, are you going to be living to your full potential or are you going to be letting yourself down? And he said, I would hate to be the guy that stands up there and looks down at myself and not even recognize the guy that was on earth this entire time compared to what I was able to achieve. 
And so that's what I really want to inspire people to do is when you think about when you end up going to wherever you believe, when you look back at your life, are you going to be happy? Are you going to be satisfied? Are you going to think, wow, I missed that opportunity. I should have done this. I wish I did more. Or are you going to look back and say, I left everything on the table and I went all out and used every resource I had, every little bit of potential that I could use to become the best version of myself or have the most fun that I could. And then why real estate? I mean, why is real estate such a good way for people to achieve more fulfillment and you know, start to reach their fullest potential? The coolest word in the world, passive income. You don't have to go to work to get the money. You don't have to sell yourself for a transaction for money. And um, one of the cool things is also building a recession-proof business, right? We know that we're going into an area now where times are changing. You know, we might see a bit of a, a downturn in the market. We might start seeing a little bit of that. But rental real estate, when you lose your job, when you can't go sell high-ticket items anymore, what's the one thing that you're going to pay for when you come back home? You need to go home, right? So everyone's always going to pay rent. And so that's the way I love being in the real estate industry because you're always getting paid. You're always collecting, we call it mailbox money. You're always getting mailbox money coming to you every month. And if you set it up right, you can travel around the world and have all of that still working for you while you're out enjoying your life. You don't have to be tied to a certain location. You don't have to be tied to a certain job. You can do whatever you want and still make all that passive income while investing in real estate. I love that you mentioned recession planning because so many people, especially you know my age, we have only ever worked in the the upswing. You know, times have been really, really good, and everything's been growing. People are making money, but you know, we know that a downturn is inevitable. It's really just a matter of time before the the cycle perpetuates and and there's a correction. So. What are you doing inside of your business to protect yourself from that eventual downturn? We talk about this quite a bit now, and Cole Hatter, our mentor, actually talks a lot about it as well, of what are you going to do when the recession comes? And we don't know what it looks like. We don't know if it's going to happen in one month or one year. We don't know if it's going to be like 2008 all over again, or if it's just going to be a little blurb. We don't know. But when jobs are going away, when income's not as high, when people aren't paying high-ticket items... What are you going to be doing inside the recession to build your business or to still make money? So when we fluctuate inside ours, that's why we, so we built an educational company inside of our real estate stuff. We're teaching people how to do what we've done and teaching them how to actually invest inside real estate. And right now that's a high ticket item. And we're having a lot of people invest in that. So we know that the economy is good. People are willing to spend money and we're teaching them how to be, build these businesses. But when the recession comes, are people still going to pay high ticket items to learn or are they just going to try and pay for food and rent? So then when the recession comes, that's when we're actually going to go buy more real estate because the economy is dropping a bit, more stuff's getting sold, there's more stuff on the market and it's cheaper. So then we'll go buy more real estate in the recession and build out a rental portfolio. And then again, as the world comes back up and people start spending more money again, then our educational business will come back up. So we have two kinds of businesses that work opposite each other in different markets. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't have the, you know, the education piece of it, so the, your students who are learning how to invest in real estate, how do you talk to them about what they should be doing to prepare? Is are there any concerns amongst your students that, you know, you're talking about the recession? Does that mean that maybe now isn't the best time to invest in real estate that, that you should wait? Or is that backwards thinking? 
our mission and goal is that as the recession comes or as we start to see a little bit of a downturn or a blip of some sorts, we actually want to get more mentor clients. So we're actually kind of reverse engineering this a bit because when that comes, that's the best time to buy real estate. Like when everyone else is doing one thing, do the opposite. So if the recession's coming and everyone's selling their houses and everyone's liquidating, obviously in 2008, that's when the most successful real estate investors got rich was in 2008. So everyone else has complained about the market crashing. And that's when the most successful people got rich because they had passive income rentals that were multifamily apartment buildings. Don't buy a single family, buy multifamily apartment buildings. You heard Grant Cardone talk about that, Cole Hatter, Ray Ostrander, all these guys who are big in the world will say, always go multifamily. And I personally love the, we call them like C class or C plus class to B class buildings, which are, you know, they're not your high end typical houses where you're renting out for the top dollar. They're just mid-tier, mid-level housing that people can always afford and will always be rented. What would you say are some of the most common misconceptions when it comes to investing in real estate? There's so many. Uh, We get so much stuff all the time that, oh, it's so easy. You guys are so lucky to have found such a, you know, all you have to do is snap your fingers, get a property, and you guys make money. We put in a lot of time and effort and studying and learning how to get there. Another big one that comes to mind is when the people always say, like, I can't do it. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. People say, I don't have money. I can't buy real estate. Well, the way we've built our business is around helping people that have money get into real estate. So we actually haven't put any of our own money, per se, into real estate. We use other people's money. And everyone says, oh, you can't buy money without or there's zero money down real estate. Well, that's what we've lived and that's what we've created. So by wanting to help other people live more fulfilled lives and help them get their equity moving for them and getting it invested in real estate, we've actually been able to get into real estate with no money down, which is probably the biggest misconception that we get asked is, I can't get into real estate because I don't have money. So could you go a little further into that? What does it look like You know, if you are someone who wants to invest in real estate, you don't have a ton of capital What does that process look like to be able to leverage other people's money to invest? In all honesty, it's basically just sales training. So what we do is we've created a process that walks people through the steps of, hey, this is like, you have to first find a property that is better than any other property out there that somebody would want to invest in knowing that it's like almost foolproof, right? What are you going to have for your exit strategies? What are you going to do when the market crashes? What are you going to do when the market goes up? What are you going to do if rents drop? What are you going to do if this happens? Having objection blocking for every single thing that they're going to be asking you in your property is probably step one. So again, we negotiate deals better than anybody else out there. We have full performance for all of our properties that people can see and walk through. So that is basically like step by step, they understand everything that's going on. And then obviously you're not allowed to go out and solicit and and sell your properties to random people on the streets. But we work with people inside our community, inside our networks that really are close friends of ours and family of ours. And we just share with them what, what's capable if they wanted to invest in something like this. And then from there, we partner up and go buy properties together. So for anyone listening to this who is intrigued by you know, this idea of passive income, it's something that is is really the dream, but is you know so far from what most people think could be their actual reality. And so, you know, if they are sitting here listening to this and thinking, you know, once that downturn hits, you know, I want to invest in real estate, where should they start? You know, what should those people be doing right now to prepare themselves to be able to take advantage of that opportunity? So there's two things I would say. 
One of them is start listening to free resources on podcasts, on online reading blogs, and just understanding terminology of real estate. Like, what does it mean when someone says a cap rate? What is your net operating income? What is a B or C or A class property? Understanding the terminology so that you can hold conversation with people. And then from there, I would go out and find a mentor. That's all Steve and I did. We, we actually talked about this last night at one of our monthly meetups. Somebody asked like, man, you guys have only been in this for a few years. How are we able to get so successful? We just paid to play is the term that we use. We found the best mentors that could teach us how to do it, paid them to teach us how, how they've done it. And then we just went out and duplicated their system. So learning the terminology, understanding the game, and then going and finding a mentor and going out and duplicating what that mentor has done is the easiest way to ever do anything, not even just real estate, any industry that you want to get into is the best way to do it. And I know your, your story is similar as well for how you got into Facebook ad, ad agencies is going out and finding someone who's super badass at it and then just asking them to mentor you and getting it done. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And not being afraid to to invest in yourself and and pay for that. And and I know for me at the time, like I really didn't have the money, but I knew that the only way I was going to get the money and be able to start start generating that leveling of income was if I invested in myself. So I, I think that's something that is so vitally important. And you know, you actually had a Facebook post just within the last week, I believe, that was a video about I pay for my friends. And I know it really made waves. So could you talk a little bit more about that, about your experience, you know, in, in masterminds with mentorship, you know, why do you pay for your friends? Yeah, it was funny. I was, I was sitting there just telling a lot of my friends, like, how do you like, like, I'm very fortunate now to get a hang around some very successful people and learn from them. And my friends like, how did you do that? And I was like, I honestly just paid to be around them. I paid for my friends. And, and so that concept stayed in my head. And so I made a quick video of it on Facebook. And then I've got actually quite a bit of support from it around it. And a lot of people are backing it up saying, you know what, like, paying to be in a mastermind with people that are paying as well to be there, you create friendships that are so much different, right? You're paying to be around the same people, the same caliber of people as you. A free, it's like this. This is a perfect example. So my meetups, when they were free, we ran a monthly meetup and you shared, we turned them into paid. When they were free, we would have half commitment from people. We would have people say, oh, we'll be there for sure. We're going to come all the time. And then we would have maybe 10 to 15 people show up. As soon as we started charging and put it up to $20, we packed the rooms. We're putting, you know, 30, 40 people in it now. So we went from free to paid and doubled the people that were coming in. And we doubled the quality of people that were showing up. So it's the same for your friendships. When you have free friendships, yes, they're great, but there's no real commitment to that person. But when you pay for those friends and masterminds and mentors and stuff like that, you are 100% committed and you want to get the most all out of it. And you and I are in the same mastermind. That's all about just building your network. It's literally like you pay just to talk to people and be friends with them. It's the weirdest concept, but it's some of the best friends that I've never even met in person. And I talk to them on a daily basis, but because we all paid to have that same experience, it's turned out to be one of the best things that I've ever done. Yeah, I think it's something that, especially for anyone listening to this who isn't really familiar with this whole world of masterminds, it it's such a frankly weird concept, and it, it sounds it sounds almost just very strange, like very uncomfortable for people. But 
what you realize is that, you know, when you are going after big goals and you're trying to achieve something you've never achieved before, the way to do it is to surround yourself with those people who are on the same path or who are, you know, ideally a couple steps ahead of you. And, and so I know, you know, that's the whole reason that you and I are, are on this call here together. So it's a really cool thing. And I know for me now, the amount of money that I invest in, in personal development, in relationships and masterminds and, and things like that would have been terrifying to me a couple of years ago, but it's definitely what I attribute the bulk of the success I've had to. And I, I know you would definitely say the same, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I'm going to reverse this a little bit and ask you, what was it that made you invest into yourself when you first started doing, when you shared a story with me of like, hey, I wanted to change my life. And what made you make that first investment? Because I think that's something that I struggled with as well. I did the same story as you. I started and went, I didn't know anything in real estate, but I invested multiple five figures to learn how to get there. And it was the scariest thing. It was on my visa. I didn't have the money. There was just something that kicked me and said, hey, you need to do this. And once you pay, you're committed. What was that like for you when you went through that? Well, I think for a lot of people, you're not going to be ready to make that kind of a leap until you've really felt some pain. And that's where I was. You know, I left my job. Christmas of 2016 was my last day at my job. And from January through the end of March, beginning of April, I made basically zero dollars. <laughs> you know, I was Airbnb in my apartment to pay my rent. I had no income. I was really floundering trying to figure out what I was going to do. And so when this opportunity opened up to me to learn from you know, a really unbelievably successful guy who had who had already you know, achieved something that to me was would be like a dream come true to be able to build a business like that. I knew that what I was doing, just trying to figure it out on my own, wasn't working. And I wasn't going to be able to go that much longer without doing something differently. And so it was just like you said, really this catch-22 of, I don't have the money for this, but if I don't do this, I don't know how I'm ever going to learn how to make the money. And so I definitely, you know, don't want to make any blanket statements of, you know, everyone should go into, you know, go into massive amounts of debt or anything like that. I think it really is an individual thing. You need to be ready as a person and you need to have done the done the groundwork and really it's it's that internal work that mindset work to make sure that you're going to be ready to actually capitalize on that opportunity and and make it worth your while but when you when you have done that work on yourself you know you are you're in the right headspace and you're committed i think backing yourself into a corner is often the absolute best thing that you can do I came up with this quote after I went through all this and it's when your purpose and your why outweigh your excuses, that is when you'll make a change. So my purpose and why of wanting to change the world, wanting to help people and wanting to do that outweighed every excuse in my head of, I can't do this because I'm broke. I can't do this because I don't have time. Who am I to be a real estate investor? All this kind of stuff. That quote just sunk with me. Like when your purpose and your why outweigh your excuses, that's when you'll make a change. And that's when my life changed instantly. And that's when it started getting really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that one thing that is really powerful in your story has been your willingness to get the support that you need in order to be able to make a change. So 
I'd like to talk a little bit about the idea of vulnerability. Like, would you say that vulnerability has proved to be an asset for you in life and business? I'd say it's probably been one of the most important things of growing our business. When we open up our meetups, we open up with why we're there, what we want to do. So that's a vulnerability in our business around our community. Hey, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing. We're here for Kids Sport Victoria. We're here to support this mission. I share my story openly with every single person that I meet that I can impact of, hey, I've lost my best friend. I was down in some dark places. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but now look where I've came because of it. And I recently just got featured in a book called Being Unapologetic. And one of the things that I got, um, I got to write a three-page um, feature in it for being unbeatable. And I shared my story of how I'm unapologetic about the loss of my brother and my best friend because now it's making me be unbeatable in everything that I do in life. And I really just realized probably this year that by sharing my story, being vulnerable, that I've had a bigger impact on the world and the community around me than I ever have when I was trying to be brave and tough and not share my story and, and not say that it was the hardships that actually pushed me through to get to where I am today or created me to be the person that I am today. Like not being embarrassed to say that I got a really good counselor that turned into a really good life coach. Not being embarrassed to say that my mentors, I pay for them just to teach me how to become a better person, how to get better at life, period. One of the things that I'm a part of is the Thrive Make Money Matter Mastermind. And everyone asks like, well, that's a massive amount of money to pay to be a part of a group. What's your ROI on the group? And I say, it's not a business ROI, it's a life ROI. My life has got so much better by being around that group and that community of vulnerable people that are willing to share their stories and really want to help you grow as a person in life. And I think that's one of the things that you literally can't put an ROI on. That is one of the most best things that people can invest in is just surrounding themselves with people that actually want to support them and make a difference in their life, not just their business. And so that's actually how you and I met at the Thrive Make Money Matter conference. So I would love to hear you know, how you first got hooked into this community. How did you hear about it? And I know this, this story ultimately ends with the way you created a for-purpose business. Can you talk about that? It was a year and a half ago. I was sitting there and, and I was on this mission. I wanted to help people in real estate. I wanted to live a really fulfilled life, but I didn't know how to put both of it together. And then I heard a podcast by Cole Hatter and he basically just talked about this for-purpose business model. Simple way to describe it, that is, if you want to live a million-dollar lifestyle, learn how to go make $2 million, give a million dollars back and keep the million dollars for yourself. And that concept was just brilliant to me. I was like, that's exactly what I was trying to create, but didn't know how to express it. Didn't have a community to support me with it. And so I heard his podcast and I went to his event. And at the event, his story is so inspirational and similar to mine where he lost some best friends, found real estate, made a lot of money, lost it all, and then went and found himself. He went into Mexico, created an orphanage. And his tagline is like, if you think that money can't buy you happiness, Go feed a starving child, and I bet you'll be the happiest you've ever been. But you can't feed that starving child unless you have the money to do so. And so I went to the Thrive event and then joined the Thrive Mastermind. And then we got to go to Mexico and hang out with these kids, hang out at this orphanage. And we got to learn how to build a for-purpose business. We took our free meetup 
made it paid, and now we donate 100% of the proceeds from that to Kids Sport Victoria. And that concept has just changed the way we do business, how we show up every day, why our community is supporting us more. You want to see a community support you more? Make your business for a purpose. Don't show up there and say, hey, I'm up here because I want to make money or, hey, I'm up here for this. Get up there and say, I'm doing this for somebody else. And then that just changes the way everything goes. And it changes the way we do our business. When it was free meetups, we had no incentive to put people in the seats. It was cool, but we didn't like, it was just for ourselves. As soon as we made it paid and we're donating the profits, now we look at it as we need to fill that room and put in paid advertising. And we need to go all out to get as many people in that room. Because the more people that we have in those seats, the more money we get to donate to Kids Sport Victoria. And that's what makes us the happiest. So it has nothing to do with actually like teaching real estate. It has to do with trying to put kids through sport because we know that that's going to have a greater impact on the world that we're coming into. That's absolutely amazing. I, I just love what you've done. And it also highlights, I think, how there are really just simple shifts that you can make to, to create a for-purpose element in your business model. So you know, you already had this meetup that already existed, but you were offering it for free. So you know, what if you charge twenty dollars, forty dollars, you know, whatever it is, and and then donate that money. So, Randy, why Kids Sport Victoria? Tell me about that organization. Why it's meaningful to you? When we decided that we wanted to create this for-purpose business, and we went out and we just vetted some charities and organizations that were in our town. We didn't want to just donate to Red Cross or anything that had a big organization. We wanted it to be local and we wanted to know where our money was going. And so inside Kids Sport, there's different organizations where you can donate directly to that organization. So ours is Kids Sport Greater Victoria and we know um, the managers of it. And there's two lovely ladies in there that literally split one salary to get double the work done. And then they bring in volunteers to do all the admin stuff. They bring in interns. So they believe in getting as much money out to the kids as possible to the point where they literally split one salary for the two of them. And so when we sat down with them and talked to them, we knew that it was like a passion that had to be achieved there. And then the reason we chose sport was because growing up, I was uh, an avid soccer player and I got to be captain of the soccer team. And I thought that sport was one of the best things for me going forward in business, learning how to be a captain, learning how to play as a team, learning how to work together, being committed and dedicated to showing up to three practices a week and a game. Like those are the life skills that are allowing me to be successful in business that I learned through sport. And my business partner, Steve, his parents went through some troubling times and sport was his release. He puts 100% of sport saying that if he didn't have that, he would probably not be in the position he is right now. He might be doing drugs. He might be going down a bad path, but he had sports to keep him away from his family and the, and the troublesome that was going on there to get him away and just kind of separate life. And that was his quiet time was on the ice. He played hockey. And so when we came together, we said sport is just a no brainer for us and choosing an organization that we believed in 100%, again, just makes it more rewarding than ever writing a check to these, uh, these amazing people and watching the kids just absolutely get a place for it. It's so cool. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I grew up horseback riding. That was, that was always my sport. And it wasn't until I was much older that I looked back on the impact that my trainer had in my life and realized you know she wasn't just teaching us horseback riding. She was teaching us character. 
And I think that that is really true across you know any organized sport and especially team sports. There's this whole additional element to it that really creates those those life experiences, those lessons that you carry forward throughout your life. Well, so I know, Randy, that you also donate a lot of time to helping young entrepreneurs. Tell me more about that. It's, uh, it's just become a, a huge hobby and passion of mine that I just love watching people succeed. I love sharing my story and not even so much young entrepreneurs, but people that are entering entrepreneurism or want to get in there. Through my story, I've learned to, I'm trying to find the right way to say this. I've learned how to teach people how to take some of the worst situations they've been in, turn it into the best thing that's ever happened to them, and then use that to help other people. And that is basically entrepreneurism. It's finding an issue in the world and then solving it. And so when I lost my best friend, I'm now finding an issue for helping people use the equity to, to live more fulfilled lives. So they don't have to be like that. So what I do is I just work with other entrepreneurs that are just starting out, teaching them how to incorporate for purpose into their life, period, and then how to start a business around really wanting to make a difference in the world using the hardships that they've gone through. So there's a quote by Josh Ships that I just love telling everyone. It's like, picture right now you're in like the worst circumstance you went through. Your bad divorce, your bad circumstance, uh, your bankruptcy, the loss of a family, whatever it is. And it's, it's simple. It's you either get bitter or you get better. You allow it to happen to you and allow it to tear you down or you allow it to be a better person. The choice does not belong to fate. The choice belongs to you. And as soon as I heard that quote, that changed my life. And so now I go around working with these people saying, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And what is your choice afterwards? Like you have the choice to become cool. You have the choice to be an entrepreneur. You have the choice to live the life of freedom. You don't have to be doing what you're doing right now. You have the choice. And so I just love teaching people how to use their brain and the circumstances they're going through to really create something bigger in the world and sharing that story out to other people. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And not being afraid to ask for help is such a huge first step. You know, you've you talked about life coaching. You know, I have a life coach. I am a huge proponent of coaching. So anyone who listens to the show has heard me talk about this before. But I think that, you know, especially if you are going through something like that, it's the perfect time to, you know, to invest in a coach and really get someone to, to support you. And even if you're not, you know, you don't have to necessarily have a huge crisis. Maybe it's just, you know, life is good, but you want life to be great. You know, getting that kind of support is, is really instrumental. So I'm curious, are there any you know, resources, you, you had talked about, um, you know, for people looking to get into real estate, you know, taking advantage of all of the free resources that are out there. And so I'd wanted to ask you when we were discussing that, you know, what are, you know, the, the best podcasts that you've found, the best resources for people who want to get into real estate specifically? And then if there are any, you know, shows that you especially love just on the personal development, you know, entrepreneurial side, what are your recommendations? So for real estate, Bigger Pockets is the biggest one out there right now. It has so many free resources and blogs and forums, and that's really where I started. They have an incredible podcast. It's like by far one of the best I've listened to. That's where I started. Getting to events like Fortune Builders is really cool as well. They have Obviously, they have that free paid and then sign up for our guru course is something great to get involved in as well. Reading books on any like... It's hard because, again, maybe I should make a distinction here. Up in Canada, where I'm from, 
real estate's a little bit different than down in the States where you guys are. And I've studied both of them, so I know both worlds. Up in Canada, we have um, a lot of different resources up here than they do down in the States. So just be very careful about that as well because there are some differences there. But for the States mainly, like I said, Bigger Pockets and Fortune Builders, and then up in Canada, we did a course called Keyspire. And we listened to a lot of guys like Don Campbell, who write a lot of books, do a lot of blogs and that kind of stuff, as well as Cole Hatter and Grant Cardone. And those guys are a big resource for real estate investing, for just understanding the knowledge and getting involved in it. Awesome. Cool. Well, we are unfortunately running out of time. So let's move into what I call the impact round. So I'm going to ask you a series of short questions, and I'd like for you to respond with basically the first answer that pops into your head. You ready? Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, Randy, who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? The guy's name is going to be Ray Ostrander. He was uh, the first mentor I got in real estate. He really showed me what was capable at such a young age and uh, has held me under his wing. He's been my mentor now basically for three years and has taught me everything I've ever learned about real estate and how to build that financial freedom lifestyle. Then who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and make an impact? That's got to be my boy, Cole Hatter. He is one of the best guys out there. And I'm going to give a plug to him. If you get a chance to go watch his TEDx talk for Cole Hatter, it is one of the best things and will change your life forever. Awesome. So then when you are having a bad day, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk and you know, into a better headspace? Uh, the, the funniest answer I have is I literally call my girlfriend. She's a life coach. And so anytime I'm going through something, I just call her and she just walks me through it and makes me feel better every time. So as cheesy as that answer is, it's true. So then what book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? Uh, there's something about uh, how to win friends and influence people that will always be one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Learning how to talk and learning how to sell and persuade and anything to do with words, I absolutely love. What is one thing on your bucket list? One thing on my bucket list? Uh, the one thing I want to do is I want to be able to be in a position where at any point in my life, I can look at my girlfriend or wife at the time and say, hey, where do you want to go for dinner tomorrow night? Get on a plane, go there, eat dinner and come back within a 48 hour time just to get whatever food they want in the town that they want to eat it in. Amazing. If you were picking, what would be the first city you'd want to go get dinner in? Uh, I'd go to Italy and I'll get pizza. All right. And then lastly, Randy, what is the best piece of advice related to success that you'd give my listeners? This is something that I love sharing with people. And again, it came from Cole Hatter. I learned a lot from him. He's one of my good mentors. But it's at your funeral, how do you want people to show up? When people are walking through the door and they're sitting down and stuff, for me personally, I won't want anybody sitting down in the seats. I want everyone standing up and fighting for the microphone, saying what kind of impact I had on their life. So I look at every relationship that way. When I meet this person and I'm talking to them, am I providing value? Am I showing up to them? And am I making an impact on them in a better way to the point where how are they going to show up at my funeral? Are they going to sit in a seat and say, yeah, this guy's okay, did some things, he's kind of cool? Or are they going to be fighting to get to the front of the room to share a story of how I changed their life? Amazing. 
Well, Randy, as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. So this is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the organizations that are nominated by our guests. So I know that you have chosen to nominate the nonprofit that you contribute to for the meetup, Kidsport Victoria. So could you share just a few parting words about that organization and you know, why it's so important for you? Yeah, I shared quite a bit earlier uh, about it. And it's honestly the biggest thing for me is just the fact that there's two ladies that are just pouring their hearts out to support as many kids as they can. I'll share a quick story to show the kind of organization they are. My younger brother would have been 25 this year. And my parents said that for his 25th birthday, they wanted to donate $250 to Kids Sport Victoria, which is incredible to me because it shows the impact that I'm having on my parents. And then when I messaged Jill and said, hey, my parents want to make a donation. How can we make it special for them? She messaged me back and said, cool, I'm going to let your parents pick what sport it goes to, what community it goes to. Let me have a quick conversation with them. And she took the time out of her day to make my parents feel so honored and respected for just making a small $250 donation, but really gave them the experience that my parents will talk about forever because it was so impactful for them and it was so meaningful at that time. And it almost tears me up right now because it's just like, that's so cool that somebody that is just a nonprofit organization would go out of their way to support my parents on a $250 donation and give them an experience that literally was so life-changing for them. So that's my plug for them. And that's why they're so amazing. And that's why I strongly recommend that people find an organization that's so near and dear to their heart and get to know the organizers so that things like this can change your life. That's such a beautiful story. And it's definitely an organization that is doing incredible things you know, in the area where you live. And so anyone who wants to learn more about Kidsport Victoria, we will include the links in the show notes as well as the information if you would like to donate. So then Randy, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, about the reinvestors and to follow your content? Yeah, so I'm all over social media at Randy Mullen. I also have randymullen.com. And for the reinvestors, again, on social media everywhere at the reinvestors and online at thereinvestors.ca. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such an honor to have you. Thank you so much, Dorothy. That was so much fun. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, then I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Once you've done so, send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowelanddogood.co so that I can include your donation in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free, and that's by voting. On the first of each month, we host a vote inside of the free Facebook community. That determines which of the nonprofits nominated that month that I will donate a portion of my advertising agency's income to. It's an awesome way for you to make your voice heard. And once you're inside the group, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. You can find the Facebook group at dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it means the world. If you could subscribe, review, and share it with one of your friends who you know would enjoy it as well. 
Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.